really want to fight this big scary guy Francis Ngannou. Let's give those people a real show. A star is born tonight. His name, Jarzinho Rosenstrike. All you top five guys out there, you can't run no more. Come in here and get some. Gaethje, Tony, Connor. I don't care who you are. How about it, Abu Dhabi? Your co-main event winner, the Irish Dragon. All right, welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Uh, Matt and I are still separate. Um, Matt still is not shaven. I'm very used to it right now. Uh, and we have, uh, we'll make sure I say his name right, Yarzinho Rosenstrike. Uh, we, we, we never talked to him before. I don't believe he's been on. And we also have Paul Felder returning to the show, who we both love a lot. Um, now, Matt, what did you want to begin with? Because we have a lot of ground to cover. May 9th, the fight is in Florida. It's been talked about already. Um, what was it you wanted to cover? Well, let me tell you, the fight, I'm, I'm excited for the card. The card's yes, insane. Very. The card is insane, and we're going to get into that. But there's, 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 there's news. There's, there's something that happened that is uh, pretty epic. Did you see? Did you see Brett Okamoto? Okamoto. Did you see Brett Okamoto singing Fight Island? No. <laughs> That's the news. It's not news. No, no. it's not that. Uh, to me, it's news. It, to me, it's news. But uh. listen, we're not going to get sued. We have to play the song. All right. So right now, our producers are getting that song for us. Okay. Go to his. Go to his Instagram. I don't have to direct these people. They know what to do. Uh, and get the mm-hmm. Brett Akimoto's Fight Island song. You're not, you don't answer permission. We're not getting in trouble. He's a UFC guy. Play that freaking – did you hear it, Jimmy? I, I did not. I don't even know what song that is. Well, Jimmy, listen. Just picture this. Picture this. Brett, Brett Okamoto. You pronounce his last name for me, so I make sure I say it right. Okamoto. That's what I say. Okamoto. Yeah. Uh, I used to say Akimoto. And I was wrong. But I did too. It's understandable. Uh, we, we well, we got that right. Yeah. Uh, so it's Brett Okamoto. I'm pretty sure hat backwards. He has a hat on, sunglasses, playing a banjo, and just singing the song. I think it's Fight Island. Okay. Well, ready? Yep. Play it, Antonio. It's another weekend. With no fights to watch, no accidental eye pokes, or kicks to the crotch. The days are getting longer, if you know what I mean. When will this boredom end this damn quarantine? And I'm starting to think there's only one thing to keep me from whining. Uncle Dana told me about it, and he better not be lying. Mindset that nothing is impossible. Cause if this shit ain't real, you're gonna see your boy crying. You know what I'm talking about? I need Fight Island. All right, fight Jimmy. Island. Thoughts? Yeah. Thoughts on Fight Island? Right, Beto. Brett Okamoto. Um, I'll say this. Brent Okamoto, who's a very, very uh, good uh, sports guy, is crazier than I thought. <laughs> Come on, man! Brent is nuts. Listen! But I, I say this, he put some work into that, and uh, it sounds, again, uh, this is a very bad, I, I would have to hear it on my phone, but it sounds like he might be able to sing a little, but I don't want to commit to that in case I hear it, and then it sounds terrible. I would have to hear it again. It's, it's, I'm hearing it like listen. you said through a well. Hey, hey, listen. I'm no expert, but I expect Brett Okamoto's getting waves coming at him, and he's not a surfer. All right, listen to me. Yeah, Brett Okamoto. I think it's great for him. No? Well, yeah, I mean, I I would have to hear that. Don't you wish you could grab a banjo like that and just start fucking playing it? We would look ridiculous, both of us. Yeah, we would. We would look like fools, Matt. We would look like fools. Two guys I, I know. That could pull that off. One of them, what you just seen. The other one might be Ray Longo. Why? Can he play? Oh, you put a fucking banjo in that guy's hand. Not a banjo, a fucking guitar or something. You know, he's... I, I don't know any famous guitarist. He's not the next Jimi Hendrix, but he's fucking, you know... He could do a fucking little thing or two. We want to make sure we're saying it properly. It's uh, Yarzinho, correct? Yarzinho, yes, sir. Okay, good. Where where are you now? You already in Florida? 
Yes, I'm Florida. Now, uh, when you went down there, were you a little concerned about uh, about you know being around other fighters or being in, in, in camp or how have you handled this whole thing? Uh, I'm always concerned, but um, um, the gym AT&T, American Top Team, uh, fixed group for us and uh, we can train several times. Uh, so my time is like uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. I can train 45 minutes, go out, and other fighters go in. So um, uh, we're kind of good. Do you like, I'm sorry, Jimmy, how, like being in quarantine training, that could be a good thing because you don't want to go out anyway. It keeps people from doing some bad things, going to rest. There's no restaurants to go to right now. Out partying, it keeps you in. Is How is your, how do you look at it with the quarantine? Is it, do you look at it quite like that or? For me, that's, that's the normal, the normal way uh, we do our camp. When I'm in fight camp, the only thing I, I do mo- mostly is like maybe go to the movie. Mm. It's not like partying or going to restaurants. Can be, but we just eat clean. We don't go out. We stay at home. But the, if you want to go out, the, going to the movies, and that, that's for us, like going out. How did you feel during the uh, – your last fight was uh, Overeem, which you won, I mean, literally with less than 10 seconds left. Uh, how did you feel going into the fifth round? Because Overeem seemed like he was uh, he was ahead. He was doing very well. And, and what was your thoughts going into the fifth round of that fight? Uh, my, my corner gave me the kick in the air. Like, hey, if you we, if we don't put him out, you're going to lose the fight. So there uh, was a lot of things going through my mind with the pressure trying to find a, trying to find an opening. And, yeah. and then the 10 seconds, my corner screamed at me the last 15 seconds. And then I heard the clock. Like pa pa pa, so I know it's the last ten seconds, and I put the pressure, and yeah, he let his guard down. But so I put a right hook and put him down. Yeah. Um. Now, how did you know? Did you know he was KO'd? You did the old uh, Mark Hunt walk off, where he was done before the referee jumped in. You walked off, and uh, you know that might have won you the fight if that referee was a little more hesitant. So, yeah. what was your what was going through your mind? You just felt he was done no matter what. Cause you seen his lip, or you didn't see his lip, or I saw his lip, but for me, I saw in his eye also he went down, and the way he went down, I don't know how he survived to get up. But I think soon as he hit the ground, he woke up and then he bounced up. And if you see in the video also, he doesn't come at me; he walked to the other side. So I see in his eyes he was really down. And you've been in the UFC, I guess. What well, your first fight in the UFC was uh, Albini in February of uh, 2019, so a little over a year. And people are already, you and Francis are saying that this should be some type of uh, an interim heavyweight fight. Uh, you, you've really kind of rocketed up. Uh, are you surprised at how fast things have? Uh, your name has been mentioned in the top uh, five guys. Um, yes and no. Um, um, I'm been in this division now and. The only thing I want to do is uh, reset it, and I want to get to the top no matter what. So um, it's gonna now. It's gonna be now. It's not not, not tomorrow. So <clears throat> there and put the interim title. We know the heavyweight division is kind of stuck, and I think the heavyweight division need that. Now, now being that you you're coming off three stoppages of very good guys, yeah. uh, that means you believe in your power. But now you're fighting Francis, who is arguably the most powerful heavyweight ever. Does that change up the game plan? Or as far as you just believing in your power of knocking him out, now you're going with a guy that's knocking everybody out also. It is different a, strategy? It's a challenge. And I think we have a good strategy. It's not my first time going to fight a guy like Francis. And I can't wait to dance with him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you possess the power, obviously, to hurt him as well. I'm sure he knows that. You're giving up five inches in reach. Does that concern you at all? No. Yeah, I'm, I don't know why I'm always obsessed with reach. Because Francis is just so long, and it seems like that couple inches uh, it, it makes it harder for guys to get in. But you, you, So you're okay with that? I'm great with it. So, yeah. It's, I always fight bigger, bigger guys than me. I'm like a small heavyweight. So, um, yeah, I'm doing this almost now 14 years, and... I always fight big guys, taller guys than me. Your very first martial art, what was it? And how old were you? My first martial arts, like MMA stuff? 
Any, it could be anything, traditional. Oh, no. Well, my first time was, I was 17, was kickboxing. Oh. Yeah. And you just walked past the gym or what got your interest? Uh, I had trouble with my friends on the football field and they say, if you want to fight, you go there, there is a gym. <laughs> and I walk in and I start talking trash and I say, who want to fight against me? And I got my ass kicked and I was like, okay. And I go to the coach and I say, I want to train to be that guy. And then he say, if you really want to do that, you're going to come to train. And that's how it started. When did you realize you had the power you had? Because, you know, again, certain guys like Roy Nelson uh, spends all those years doing jujitsu. And then he just realizes he can knock people out with his right. What, what point did you realize that you, you, you have one punch knockout power? Uh, my coach, he, he always uh, uh, says to me, like, um, you can knock people out with your hands and your legs. So, but the thing is... Uh, as a young fighter, you don't believe that. You just do what you told and what you train, so you believe in that. I think when I was my first professional kickbox fight, uh, I knocked a guy out in second round, also with one punch. And then I start believing in that, and we start working on it. And yeah. how was your nerves before that very first fight of yours, amateur or kick or? professional amateur preferably i think i was nervous really. yes yeah. a little bit yeah how is it now in the ufc your very first fight in the ufc was there a difference because a lot of times a lot of guys even if they have a lot of fights in the smaller shows the production of the ufc with everybody behind and you're on in five and you're on in four and everybody's running and the lights and the crowd it can get two fighters how was the difference when you got your first fight in the UFC, what did in, it feel like in your first fight? In the UFC, I don't have any nerves. I was like, um, only one option. I can, I have to win this fight. And yeah, in the first round, go with a struggle, go with a little bit wrestling, get dominant, and then yeah, the second round, find the, the opening and put the guy down. You said you were 17 when you tried uh, kickboxing. When were you first? When did you first get acquainted with the ground, like jujitsu? That was 2011. I mean, oh, wow. And how did that happen? You just I, I was a sparring partner of a friend in Aruba, Gregory Millard, and he had a fight. And then he asked me if I can come for three weeks to spar with him. I said, okay, no problem. I go. I went and they, they start doing a takedown defense. And I was a big body and the guy, my friend, used to fight uh, 84 kilograms. Smaller than you, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So he was using me to, you know, and then he did something and I kind of defended myself. Then he said, hey, do it again, do it again. I said, hey, you have potential, you have to try this, try that. And that's how it go. And I kind of rolled in it and. You enjoyed it? Did you did you take to it like you took to kickboxing? Yeah, yeah. I even like MMA more than kickboxing because ah. I work more with MMA. Awesome. Yeah, you see a lot of guys who 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 just hit. Uh, their weakness is getting kicked in the legs, or if somebody shoots for a takedown. So if you can do all of those things, and you do have big, heavy kicks, which I think is a giant advantage, uh, especially in the heavyweight division, being able to kick like you kick. Yeah, I I, I can do. I'm a I'm a complete fighter. Um, I can go anywhere. Um, maybe not that good as everyone, but I can save myself. You have enough weapons where no matter what they do well, you have something that you can counter it with that they probably don't do as well. 100%. Now, when you're fighting a guy like Overeem, you're coming off some some huge knockouts, and he's a pro. I mean, you know, Alistair has fought everybody. He's seen former every, champion. Former champion. He knows how when he's hurt, he knows how to get somebody up against a cage and get himself a breath. So, what's going through your mind, like in the first round and the second round, when you're unable to put him away, and you know that he's gone long in fights before, and you got what was it? It was a was it a three round fight? It was a three round fight, right? Five rounds fight. Oh, that's a five round. So, what goes through your mind, right, when you when you're you know getting into round three and he's just not going down? Uh, for me, everything went really fast uh, in the fight. Um, it's like pop up and a is round four. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, most of the fight was a li- most in the fight was a little bit uh, frustration because I was every time I was kind of a half second uh, too slow. So I was like, okay, okay, let me see. Okay, let me try this. Let me try that. And of course, he have a game plan. So he's keep coming in with his uh, his, his um, 
I call it. He attacked his way. So I have to defend that and go in and go attack him in my way. So yeah, was a little bit uh, confused and then suddenly I got the point again for oh no 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 this is it. And my corner also keeps screaming at me, the openings and yeah. His legs are so deadly. His knees, you know, he's so good because he's uh, he's so good at putting his knees up. Uh, and and if I remember, I haven't seen the fight since it happened. But if I remember right, he was having some decent success with with uh, with knees and then getting away, uh, just fighting a really really like a, a, the fight that a, you'd expect a veteran to fight against a you know a, a stronger guy. One more time, your question. You you uh, was he having was he hurting you with his knees because he's so powerful with his knees? Uh, what was he hurting you and were you prepared for that? He had his opening, he had his opening, but I was prepared for it. And yeah, I was, as soon as he did something, I just adjusted and it's a fight. So I know, I know he's going to come with his weapons and I know Alistair or he's, he's for there for, he's there like forever. And I know who he is and what he's done for the sport. So I wasn't surprised. We had Nganu on, uh, not this last time, but the time before, and he was saying that there's no fights. He's waiting for a fight, waiting for a fight. And I guess in the time, you kind of, I think you uh, you won probably two fights in, the, in that period. Did you have your eye on Francis like a little bit earlier, knowing that he's the guy you're going to have to get through if you want to fight uh, Stipe or Cormier? So was he a guy you were looking at a little earlier on? Yes, he is in the, he's, he, he's in the position of the perfect spot to get the title shot and I know as soon as I get up there he's gonna be there so he's the guy we need to defeat to get the title shot and he's on an impressive run he you know he looked unbeatable and then uh Stipe fought a brilliant fight against him and then uh he uh, had that tough fight with Derek Lewis and then three straight knockouts so whatever was going on with him he's back to fighting the even I think even better than he was fighting before the loss to Stipe <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's there to do his thing. I'm there. I'm here to do mine. So, yeah, I'm ready to go May nine, and I'm gonna put him away. That's the only thing that counts for us. Yeah, I think everybody is looking. I mean, it's the third fight. Uh, you know, there's two championship fights uh, as the main and co-main event. But your your fight could be a, obviously was gonna gonna be a main event. Uh, you know, that's a fight that I think everybody is looking for. <coughs> Um, when you were growing up, you said that you had like trouble on the soccer field. Uh, was it was it a bad area you grew up in? Were there always fights? It's not a bad area. It's what boys do. And yeah, I was the kind of dominant guy. I always want to dominate people. And um, yeah, soccer is not the way to dominate people. So I'm happy. I'm fine this way. And as soon as I start um, doing martial arts and yeah, learn me a lot of things, bring me a lot of places, uh, show me really good discipline and uh, it helped me in life also. Where where are you from originally? Suriname. I'm not even sure where that is. Um, Suriname is close to Brazil, close to Guyana, it's in the Caribbean. Oh, okay. So was that the first time you really, you, you, you traveled out was because martial arts took you and kind of showed you the world? Yeah. It's martial arts uh, showed me the world a little bit. Wow. All right, it's nice. Well, listen, thing. this is a fight everybody's looking forward to. You've looked incredible uh, in your four UFC fights. And even even though uh, Alistair was winning the fight, the, the fact that you came back and did that with 10 seconds left, you really, the, you, there is no relaxing against you. Uh, and I think that Overeem <clears throat> made the mistake of just, you let his guard down for one second and you showed how dangerous you are. Yeah. You know, and Jimmy, may I add that uh, some heavyweights, some powerful heavyweights are very powerful in the very openings of uh, or beginning rounds. Right. To do what uh, 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 Yosemar just, uh, Yosinho just did uh, at the end of the fight with how many seconds left, a power, a face-altering power. Yeah. That makes it very intriguing, so I can't wait for this fight. Me neither. I mean, you both, man. <laughs> that must do a lot for your confidence, too, because no matter how the fight is going, if you're still standing, I mean, you always know you have a chance but to have knocked, uh, you know, to, to have done that to Overeem with that uh, little time left, that's got to boost your confidence a lot. Like you're never out of a fight. That's true. I feel good, and I've always feel confident, no matter how I go in the fight. When I have to fight, I'm always ready to go, and I want to entertain you guys. Good luck, May 9th. Uh, we have loved every fight you fought. Has been exciting. And uh, I'm looking forward to against you, Francis Ngannou, the third fight on May the 9th in uh, Florida. So I hope you stay healthy, and uh, I'm looking forward to watching you. Thank you, man. You guys stay safe out there.
Okay, Thank nice you, talking buddy. to you. Take care. Thank you, buddy. Eugenio Rosenstreich. Yeah, really, really a fun guy to watch. And uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that anybody in the heavyweight division can probably knock anybody out. But when you see a guy who is that devastating with power fighting a guy like Ngannou, who's that devastating with power, you know that Ngannou has to worry about him. And, uh, yeah, well. and he has to worry about him for the full. Is it wait? Is it is it three or five? It's not for an inter. Is it for this an a third? This is a three round. I was that's why I wasn't sure. I forgot that uh, the old room was the main event. This is a okay. three round fight. Um, and and then uh, Cruz and uh, Cejudo. So, hey, there's there's guys that are powerful, but they do fade. They do fade. The power fades just a little bit. He's shown that it doesn't. So he's dangerous from bell to bell. So. Uh, that's good. I don't know if that's going bell to bell. I don't want to jinx it, though. I'm just saying. I'm not going to. You never win. know. No, Sometimes these fights. I know. Francis against uh, Derek Lewis. Everyone expected to be a yeah, slugfest. Can I just add that since then, you've seen a different mentality, no matter who he fought. And he took out two former champions since then. Yeah. In, in uh, JDS and Kane uh, and and Velasquez. So, and, and he did it with the same mentality. Uh, that he fought Alistair Overeem back before before he fought uh, Lewis. So, yeah. you know, I think his mentality is fantastic. And obviously, um, Yarzino, I'm, I'm not killing the name. I'm doing it right, right? Yeah, I think so. Yarzino, yeah. Right. Uh, Yarzino, he's, uh, uh, he's, um, his mentality, he's, he just put away his last three guys. So, man, I'm, I'm expect that there's no way that fight's going to be boring. I'm, if, if so, point, come back and point to this and say, Matt, you're an idiot. You don't have to do that. No, I would never. Yeah. But but I, because I'm also expecting it to be, it, it's almost like whoever gets off first, like whoever lands the first couple of shots first. You know, no matter how good your chin is, it's going to be hard to take two or three shots from Ngano, and I think it's going to be hard to take two or three shots from Rosenstrike. So whoever whoever gets through first, that's why the reach. I know I seem obsessed with reach, but with a guy like Francis, I mean that five inches is a tremendous amount of ground to cover. Yeah. I know, but timing is is crucial, and there's a ways. As a guy five six who used to fight at yeah belt at welterweight, there's ways to come in behind your jab with a double triple jab, and yeah, uh, there's timing the way in where you can outstrike a guy. Obviously, that's got sure. longer reach. So hey, Cormier, you know by the way, is is, that Cormier is a master at that, getting yeah. in um and, and covering ground because he's usually never the biggest guy in the ring. I'm always so intrigued of not of what what these. Uh, fighters, what's their first discipline or what they started with. Right. Uh, and also why, the reasoning why. Like some people got bullied or some of them were just, sure. like we took the Charles Roser and he just wanted to try boxing. Then he walked yeah. into Charles McCarthy who's, I don't think, ever threw punches standing up. He just fucking takes guys down and strangles them. So it's just so funny. Now he's one of the most dangerous guys with his yeah. jiu-jitsu. So it's just so funny when you first see when they start, oh, it's interesting. I find it very interesting. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm the same. And I and I think that I'm always interested in what they were like growing up too. Like what drove, you know, because so many of them, like I think the first time I remember hearing that was from uh, Rampage I interviewed years ago. And he yeah. was just talking about like, you know, guys uh, kicking his ass when he was younger. It might have been someone in the family. And these guys all have these, these things that so many of us have, but they just want to do something about it and they become uh, fighters. I'm tr- you know what I you know what I've been somebody wrote to me Jimmy I, how I've been kept I kept um confusing Hopefully it was complimentary. I kept confusing um the whole uh getting smoke and getting shade and all that kind of stuff I didn't notice you know <laughs> I'm, you didn't I'm, old, notice? I'm fucking older than you I don't know. I don't know so so you know now you know what it is I took a picture but I I took a picture of half the thing so I can't even do it okay oh here we go and uh, this is from Headquarters 75. This is the guy that is on Instagram. He wrote me. He goes, okay, Oz. Okay, so when you and your buddies are walking down the street and someone gets in a dispute and you tell the other guy, bro, you definitely don't want that smoke. You got that, Jimmy? This is important. You understand? <laughs> hey, buddy, you don't want that smoke. You got that? Like there's going to be so much violence yeah. and there's going to be smoke on you? Oh, what a shit expression. You're walking down the street and someone gets in a dispute and you tell the other guy, bro, you don't want that. You don't, definitely don't want that smoke. You don't want that smoke. It's like an old saying, you don't want this heat. You understand? Yeah, this I never said heat. that either. Well, headquarters is telling me what's going on. So uh, thank you, headquarters. I got You know what thing. I would say? I would what? say, confronted, I would say, do me a favor, sir. Please don't strike me. That's what I would say. It's very clear cut. You don't have yeah. to. It's not generational. I don't you care if you're struck. You just want to make it clear that you don't want to get hit. So yeah. it's very. It goes through 
It yeah. transcends. Everybody will know you don't want any. You don't want any heat. Beef. I don't or smoke. smoke. I don't nah, want you're your not, heat. You're not I, shade. No, do you not smite I mean? me. Oh, yeah, man. I don't you wish know? to be beaten up. Is that Brett Okamoto, by the way, Brett Okamoto, that video, he's yeah, pretty big. That. He's a big guy. I didn't realize that he was a bigger guy. I guess I think I'm the only one who's in, involved in any peripheral way of the UFC that's in completely shit shape and literally took just when I started kickboxing, COVID hits. Everyone else seems to be in good shape. There's not one other person in this business that couldn't strangle me, including John Anik. <laughs> John Anik runs guy. a lot. He runs. A, he does a lot of running. John Anik. Yeah, I think he trains. Let's have John Anik back on. He's. Fun. I love John Anik. Yeah. John Anik's a very fun guy. I like yeah. him a lot. I'd like to talk to him again. What's up, Paul? Not much, man. You know, living through a quarantine. Yeah. How you make it? How you handling it? Like mentally, uh, is this is this something that works totally against your your nature, or do you work with you? Uh, I would say it goes against me a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm, um, I like to be around different people and I like my job. I like being on the road. I like doing commentary and traveling and that's all taken away with this stuff going on right now. You know, it's fun. I'm sorry, Jim. No, no, no. It's like, it's about like balance, right? Because you love your family, but yeah. it's like the balance of even me just going out to my schools and coming back, me hanging out with Jimmy coming back. It's like, it's. It's all about balance. It's like passing the yep. guard. Is that what's yeah. going on? Are you getting stir crazy, Paul? I'm getting a little stir crazy. I, I just got a dog actually um, last week. So he's helped out with uh, kind of keeping me busy, keeping me walk, taking walks, going outside. I have something else other than my, you know, I have my daughter obviously too, but this guy's almost more of a, a pain in the butt to take care of than, than a five-year-old girl. What do you get? He, they said he's a pit, but he looks like he's got might have something else that's a little bigger. Let me see if I can flip this around here and show you guys this. Well, I'll just show you. I'm here. If you can oh, see look at it. oh, it's like Petey from the Little Rascals. Yeah, and he's got some spots. He's got. He looks like a cow on certain parts oh, of his body. He's oh, huge. He's oh, 86 so pounds. Cute, oh my God! Well, he's a yeah. rescue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I rescued him last week. We went and and uh, we went there just to look. And he wasn't even that friendly at first. He was kind of like ignoring us. He was kind of being like a dick. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm not going to save you then. You know what I mean? I came here yeah. to help you out. And then he sat in his his uh, crate afterwards, you know, in the, in the rescue spot. And he just started hitting us with the, the like, you know, I'm about to cry eyes. And yeah. I was like, screw it. I'll, I'll take a risk. And as soon as we got him home, man, he was just a big, huge baby. I mean, he's yeah. just he's just happy to be out of there. How how is he around your daughter and everything? And how are you with that? Like, I mean, because I, I listen, I, I'm very like, I'm like a worry wart with my kids. Yeah. Because you know, animals, and I grew up with dogs, always with two dogs in the house. So I'm a very, I'm an animal person. But I don't know, man. I get, I just get really, really paranoid. You know, as being a father. Yeah. How how do you get that? How do you get them acquainted and stuff? Well, she went with me, so she, you know, she was there the whole time. She met. He came right up to her before he came up to anybody else lick, licked her in the face and then just didn't even bother with her so i was like okay he's not and he you know the place he was before had kids and the kids were great with him but he got into a fight with the dog that was already there so there was already an older dog who lived at the uh -huh. house they adopted him brought him home it worked out for a while and then they got into a, a scuffle over whether it was food or a toy they were both playing with and he didn't start it but he's a big guy, so they both got roughed up. He's got scars all over his face. And he's got, you know, marks on his legs and things like that. So whatever whatever happened, they, they got after it. That's for yeah. sure. They're both okay. Both dogs are okay. But he, he got the, you know, the bad end of the stick because he was just the new guy brought in. And he's obviously a pit. So anybody that sees that is going to be like, yeah. oh, God, I got to get rid of But I'm telling you, man, he, he doesn't have a care in the world when I see other dogs on the street. Unless it's a big monster who's coming at him. Then he's like. Yeah, you know, I gotta watch myself. But other little dogs, he doesn't care. Are you a good dog owner? Like I've never owned a dog before, so I think to get an eighty-six pound pit bull that's pre previously owned, you probably should. Like, have you had dogs your whole life? Are you good with them? <laughs> I've had dogs my whole life growing up. Uh, my my family has always had dogs, but this is my first venture into deciding to have uh, one on my own, and it's gonna, you know, it's. It's <laughs> tough with the amount that I travel, but right now that's all slowed down. That at least I can get him kind of acquainted to everything, then if things start to pick back up with, with commentary and work and maybe a fight, that'll be so far down the line, he'll be already, he'll be comfortable here and, and we'll have that all figured out. But uh, 
Yeah, just you, one of the dog. Do you I also got... like the idea of being able to leave him home with your family when you're gone uh, to, as a form of protection in a way, too? Like if you're on the road and you're not there, I mean, yeah, that's a hell of dude, a, a Nobody, protector. even though he's not, a, you know, an aggressive, they don't know that. You see an 86-pound pit, you're going to be like, okay, I'm next house. Yeah, yeah. next house. I'm not, I'm not risking it, you know? So, yeah, it does. It makes me like, all right, nothing's happening to my stuff or my people while while I'm on the road. You know, if somebody comes in here, I, I trust that if he didn't trust them, he'd be he'd be sinking some teeth if he had to. Did that Anthony Smith story get to you a little bit? Like that, I mean, that that was a that's a scary story. Craziness. I mean, that's not any of the reasons on why I picked this guy up, but yeah, man, like you know, especially when people are fighting for their lives in that kind of situation. Imagine in front of your family. That's that's yeah. wild, man. And he had just put the guns in a different place or something like that. I don't even have any. So I I don't even have that uh that option. I don't have a, I don't have a gun. Well, he put them in a different place and what couldn't get to it. Is that what it is? Yeah. He said, he said he's normally got them ready to go in like a place that he knows about, but I think he had just cleaned them or he was like, he did something different and had them locked up, Mm -hmm. you know, where it would take some time for him to go and get them. And that guy was already in the house. So he he didn't really, he said something about his guns, but anyway, yes. Scary, scary situation. Yeah. Paul, listen yeah. now. Uh, Jimmy was saying earlier about you making the like the a total like a one eighty after your decision uh, in the in the cage after your yeah. last fight. And let me tell you, because I I know what it's like fighting before I had kids, and then after I had kids, because I had a couple of fights after a few like, fights after I had kids. So I know the emotion. Uh, it's the fight is emotional as it is. But, oh, man, is it different, especially if you've been away from So I knew exactly how you felt. Tell us the feeling, because I know you went through it before, but tell us, was it a, was that a, like a, 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 like an on-the-moment decision right there? Like, hey, man, you're doing that on the fly or just your gut feeling? What? The fight ends, super close fight. Really close. Yeah. Yes. So for me, it was something I personally had had run through my mind uh, a few times coming up to that fight that if this one doesn't work out and I knew somewhere in there that there, there was a chance depending on how it went if I had gotten knocked out I was done right then and there I was walking away from the sport like if Hooker had put me to sleep I'm done because that was the you know that would have been the the bad fight I need to say, stay home with 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 my daughter but since it was so close and you know I thought I did enough but you know it's one of those fights you can't do anything about it I it still felt like it slowed down my momentum and I always kept telling myself and telling my family, the only reason I'm still doing this is is to become champion, to be the best. And when you lose a fight like that, you know how it's like, oh, man, well, now now what? So for a split second, yeah, I thought, you know what? I, I can't do this anymore. I can't be away for eight weeks at a time, not see my daughter, not see my family, uh, and come all the way around the world and then, you know lose a decision and and i'm not arguing it you just do i think i won yeah of course i'm a fighter i'm in there i, I always think i won but anybody out there you know i i, I don't want to think make it seem like i'm being a baby about it either like hooker did his job he fought a, a great fight you know has it, it, that had nothing to do with it what had to do with it is like you guys are saying just the stress of being away and then you know that doesn't guarantee you a win you know what i mean it could have been worse too i could have went all the way to new zealand around the world and gotten slept in in 30 seconds thank god that didn't happen you know that's never happened i mean this is the amazing thing about you you lost five fights three were by split decision one was by decision one was a doctor stoppage like you, you don't you've never quit i mean uh three split decisions means that you were you know this close that so you could easily uh only have two losses on your record uh Crazy, you know right? and, and that's not being a baby that's just you know that's yeah. that's those are close fights them's the facts yeah. Them's the facts. Yeah. I mean, those three fights go my way. Who knows, though, right? I mean, what position does that put me in? Let's say I don't lose that Ross Pearson fight, then I don't change things that maybe needed to be changed. So I always look at them as, you know, things that, that needed to happen. And the Mike Perry fight, I don't think I won that fight. You know what I mean? I It was a great fight. The fact that I was able to do as well as I did with a broken arm is, yeah. is something I still hang my hat on and, and I'm very proud of. But yeah, I thought he did enough to to get that win. This last one, you know, that that was another one. Edson, shit, that could have been another one that didn't go my way. I mean, I've been in a lot of really tight fights with with some guys at the top of this division, and uh, 
you know, the, in, in retrospect and looking back, I still feel like I've, I've got some fight left. I, I don't know when at this point, this kind of slows everything down for all of us. Um, but hopefully we can get back to where this is safer to, to be fighting throughout all this stuff. And I'll wait till then, you know, I, I, I don't want to rush right back into it until the UFC kind of figures out how we're going to do this stuff, but I'm glad we're doing it. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're fighting at least trying to, hopefully we're a couple weeks away. So hopefully May 9th, uh, actually goes down and we have something to watch that is not pre-recorded yeah and apparently anik is a little anxious to be calling uh dominic cruz's fight against uh cejudo have yeah. you experienced that at all uh where you've had oh. to call a fight of somebody where you're like this is a oh, rough man one. so many times um i've called anthony pettis is donald cerrone's fights before now they're fighting each other i've called gerald mershart uh jared gordon i've i've seen him uh, you know, lose a really tough fight that I he was winning, and I've also saw him. You know, he was put into that that um, uh, what's that what's that move called, Matt? The uh, the stretch move, the the knee bar looking thing that everybody's hitting nowadays. Uh, I'm you know I don't fucking know the something name of it. stretch I, I, right. I, yes, I forget every all the funky names. But he was <laughs> they come up that. with a different name every week with these. Moves. I know they're get, they're getting fancy with them. It's you know, but yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of fighters go through a lot. I've seen Anthony pop his rib out when he's fighting Poirier, and was all you know they're all both bloody. So yeah, I've had to call some teammates and and friends fights, and it's it sucks, man. Is it it's all, is it just hard to walk away when you're just doing so well? I mean, this last fight very well could have yeah. went to you, like we talked about. Yeah. And then just you, the other you beat another other two studs. You beat uh, was it James Vick and Edson? Yeah, two of them thinking of uh, so Oliveira. 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 Yeah, exactly. And you're not slowing down, so it's like it's not like all right, man. Well, I took a beating in this one, and yeah. all right, maybe now, like you said, if you would have got finished, then then you know, all right, that makes that's, it easy. That's yeah. a sign. I'm done. So you're not. You're walking out not unscathed. You might have to get a stitch or two, or maybe, but. You're looking oh, yeah. good afterwards. I mean, all right. Takes, so, I mean, takes me a few days, but yeah, my, my face heals up pretty quick. But I was, <laughs> I look yeah. like Frankenstein after that one. Yeah, but you're not getting concussed. Your brain's still there. You're still going to be able to do the commentary. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not uh, being separated from consciousness, as they like to say. You know, I'm still, yeah. I'm just taking some some flesh wounds. Some it's flesh kind of, wounds, guys. And it's kind of strange as a fighter. Like, some, but guys don't understand when sometimes you almost need to get to get beat down or something, right? I don't know. But to walk away, it's hard to walk away, not even um, at the top, but just you're not slowing down. You're looking great. And, I mean, you're one of those guys that gets better as the fight goes on, too. You adapt yeah. in there, which that's very that that's that's a very good attribute. You adapt within, within a fight, and uh, you keep coming forward. You're, uh, tell me, let me ask you something. Is it just your will not to stop and you go forward, or is you have a very high... Um, threshold of pain <laughs> i think that might be a collaboration of the two of those a combination yeah. because um I, I i've always been that guy even in the sparring room man if you catch me with something good i just oh, i just want to get you back so bad you know it, it's it's been what drives me for a long time even in an argument with a friend a girlfriend it doesn't matter i, I feel like i have to kind of fight my way back and win and that's just how i am i hate feeling like you got me you know what i mean if you got me i want to fucking hurt you even more which is something i've had to slow down which is where duke really came into play for me because i was fighting with just pretty much a lot of balls and toughness for a long time in my career and i did pretty well with it but now i feel like i got a little bit more strategy behind it as well you know this might have nothing to do with it you used you used to act right yeah oh yeah is that help your does that help your poker face in there or is that the stupidest question you ever? <laughs> <laughs> Come I, I, on, I, man! You have a I, great poker face. You were getting hit. Yeah. With some bad. Jimmy, you ever seen Edson Barboza kick somebody? These guys, they like they look like they stepped on lava. They're like, yeah. I'll tell you, Paul doesn't wince. What the That's, hell is that, man? Is wow. that, that is that just stubbornness? Like, yeah. Let, letting them show that you got hurt. Yeah. Or is that? It's you stubborn. You're in your fucking Hamlet. You don't want to get on the satisfaction. No, no, trust me. There's no, there's no acting involved when it comes to that. all the stuff beforehand. Maybe hyping the fight, talking about it, the face-offs. You know, uh, uh, media day acting really comes into play for all that. Even backstage, preparing to go out there and like getting your mind right for what you got to do. That a lot of things I learned 
through the years of when I was performing apply, but it's still such a different friggin' beast. I mean, you, you know, man, we're, you're going, this thing that runs through our, exactly. But it doesn't matter. I don't care who you are when you're backstage about to make that. Now that is where it helps me, right? The fact that I know I'm going out to, to put on a show, even though it's a, a show of, you know, athletics and violence, it still helps me know that it's all, it's all theater. I mean, it is theater. That's what the UFC is. There's a stage. It's the octagon. There's a crowd. There are people involved. There's directors. There's producers in the there's, booth. It's hey, all It's all the same thing. Paul, there's no fucking script. I'll tell you that much. There's no script, but it, every play doesn't have a script either. There's improv out there. There's yeah. things that are made up on the fly. There's just a rough, even movies and, and films have been, there's a rough concept. There's an idea. We know what we're talking about, but we don't know how it's going to go down or what's going to be said. And that's what, that's what fighting is. It and it's a, like a very loose script. Like oh, you don't yeah. do certain things. You know, there's certain things you can't do. Yeah. So you kind of have to stay within the the bounds of a very loose. Yeah, script. and you know when the fight's going to start. You know when if it's either over this way or that way, and there's going to be another fight after it. And we've got a time frame. We've got a schedule. You got to, you know. So the more you look at it, it actually helps you if you look at it like that instead of, you know, the violence that you're about to to go into. But once you're in there, man, it's you know. It's instincts for sure. Do you ever think like when you're about to walk out, like if I have if I have two shows in a night and I'm feeling fucked up, I look at the clock and I'm like, okay, in 12 hours, this whole thing will be over. In 24 hours, this will be, do you ever look at the clock and go like, all right, I got to fight in an hour. So at least in, in 90 minutes, no matter yeah. what, this oh, will yeah. be over. Yeah. And then when it's over, you're like, fuck, it's over. I wish I could, I wish I would have taken it in more. I wish I would have lived through that a little more, you know, especially once we do finally retire, like, God, I wish I would just savored it a little more. Um, that, and that's one thing I feel like I'm pretty good about, especially that last fight in, in New Zealand. I, I told myself that a lot. I was like, don't just wait for it to be over. Kind of how you're talking. And we, I have definitely been there. We're like, shit, I'm fighting in like three hours and this shit is it's done. Win, lose or draw this shit. I don't have to stress about this anymore, right. no matter what happens. And then afterwards, you know, you're relishing in every moment of what went down. How long into the fight did it take before you're not like whatever feelings you have before you fight? Like once it starts, then you just lock in or how long does it take before you go to like, all right, this is going to happen to is it just the beginning of the fight or is it the as first as, punch? As soon as the fight. Yes. Yeah, as soon as you actually start fighting, as soon as the ref looks at you, looks at him or vice versa or whichever way he does it and you go. Everything shuts off for me. I, I don't I'm not nervous anymore. Now I'm just I'm fighting, you know, I, and I have a goal. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fuck you up. You know what I mean? That's it. And not get taken out. And I'm listening to my coaches. There's, there's things that are keeping me focused. Whereas everything beforehand is just, what if, what if, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, you know, I slip on the first punch I throw and I go to get up and I get choked out. You know, there's so many variables that drive you crazy. At least when the fight starts, there's nothing else other than to respond to what's going on. What is something you can, you had, sorry, Matt, what, what is something you've had? Like, you know, there's a, I don't know if you ever saw when we were Kings with Ali and Foreman where, where he says like this nightmare is here and it was yeah. Foreman and it's happening. Is there anything you've had in your career, whether it was Barboza's kicks or, 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 or something that uh, one of the fighters was going to do that like you were dreading a little bit. And then once it happened, you're like, okay, I've just, here it is. It hurts as much as I thought, or it's not. What was something that happened like that for you that you dreaded a little bit? And then when it happened, you're like, okay, this is the nightmare I was worried about. Yeah. Probably one of the ones I was most worried about was uh, Charles Oliveira's jiu-jitsu. I, I just know he's such a finisher. He's so slick on the ground. And almost immediately in that fight, we came out, we touched each other a little bit with some punches. He threw a couple leg kicks. And the next thing I know, I am not only on my back, he's transitioning He's got my neck and he's looking for, for a finish and I'm in the Darce choke and I'm hearing myself gargle almost a minute into the freaking fight. And I remember uh, thinking, here we go. This is it. You're yeah. done. And I remember saying to myself, you're done. And then I remember saying to, all right, well do this, do that. And the next thing I know I'm still there and I'm like, all right, well, we'll just, you know, you, you're going to tap, let's tap like this sucks. And then you tell yourself, no, don't tap. And these are all, this is all within 20 seconds, 10 seconds. Yeah. The conversations you've had, I thought about my dad. I thought about this. I thought about going to sleep. Am I going to, you know, shit my pants here when he puts me to sleep? And the next thing I know I'm out of it and uh, I'm elbowing him in the head, you know, and it's just, but that was one of the ones where I was like, God damn it. 
this is what I was worried about. And he's good. It's yeah. I can't move. He's he's every time I fight this, he's on that. He's transitioning. It's, so that was one of the more intimidating moments I've been in uh, in the UFC, where a guy is in his wheelhouse performing well. And it's as bad as you thought it would be. And it's as bad as I thought. It would be. <laughs> oh no, perseverance, Jimmy. That's one of those when you're watching it and you're going, "All right, that, now it's done." Oh, that, yeah. oh, that it's over. Oh, he's about. He's got it. And then when they get out, you jump up. I remember that because then yeah. he went from a he got into a mounted guillotine if I remember correctly. Yeah, he had me. And I'm like, yeah. now I go fucking now and he's under the chin. Yeah. Holy shit, Paul! Well, that, then he that, he had me in that dark Santa. He was going back and forth with that, and in in the moment for some reason I went to like think I was going to peel his leg off. I gave him my leg, so now he's got my leg and he's folding me in half with the choke. And he's got these long, wiry arms. And I remember thinking, you idiot. Like, and I finally kicked, kicked my leg out of it. And I was able to roll out. And he took my back the same way he took, uh, oh, man. I, I forget the guy's name. But he choked him out with a standing rear naked choke. And I was in a standing rear naked choke. But I was able to pull my his arm over my head and, like, throw him to the mat. And that was kind of when the tables turned. And he was so tired because he put about five chokes on me yes. in a few minutes. And I'm a big guy in there at 55. I'm much bigger than Charles was. So I was able to use that to my advantage, thank God. Yeah, you're his last loss, too. Yeah. All of his last loss was to you. Yeah, trying to keep it that way. (laughs) (laughs) So so you get back to now you, you get to quarantine. And then you're like, all right, look. Look at my last fight. Look what I've been doing. What am I thinking? I got a little emotional. I got a lot of family time now built up, overflowing. Let me get back in the cage. Is that what goes through your head? There was a lot of that for sure, right? (laughs) Because you didn't expect, you know, when I'm thinking retirement, I'm thinking I'm going to go back. I'm going to start being on the road again. I'm not going to see my family as much. It's going to be stressful enough with just commentary, which makes me think, okay, well, at least if I'm just doing that, I'll have time to see that. And then everything gets shut down. And it's been, you know, eight weeks, nine weeks where I've pretty much just been home the whole time and spending nothing but time with the family. So now I'm like, well, I could go away for at least one yeah. more. You know what I mean? I've, I've put in the overtime here at, at home. Right. So we'll see though. It, it really depends on timing and how this all plans out because, you know, I, I, I'm going to be busy with commentary now. Once we get going, if Dana gets this ball rolling, I'm going to be, working these shows because i will be in i'm I'm scheduled to go to florida if things go down so not for may 9th but the you know we got two more shows after that they need commentary they need desk work so we'll, we'll I'll, I'll be finding out what's what's going to happen what do you think happens oh sorry matt this, yeah. the, your division is so good uh and obviously gaethje is such a, a an interesting choice to fight ferguson nobody is disappointed about that i mean you know no. to, to see those two go out I, I think that's almost as interesting as uh as him against Habib, what what do you think happens uh, in this fight? And I know they're hard to predict. No, they're so hard to predict, man. Um, you know, I, I like Gaethje's chances a little a lot more now that he's had a little more time to prepare. Right. And he just goes out on his shield so much that I think it's either gonna, you know, like he even said, he's like, if I don't go in there and and get a knockout or finish him, he doesn't see himself getting his hand raised and you got to appreciate a guy like that that knows yep. that his style is you're either taking me out or i'm taking you out there's there's he doesn't want it to be a decision he's gonna go at you until you either catch him or he catches you but um as far as predictions you know i'll I have no freaking clue. You know, didn't he I, say that when he came in? When he, I think he was like 14 or 15, though, when he came in. Didn't Gaethje go like, yeah, no, I know my style lends itself to being knocked out, and it's probably going to happen eventually. He said something yeah, like, yeah, I'm sure that will happen. 100%. He was waiting to me. He kept saying he's waiting to meet his equal. Yeah. And, you know, and he, he found that in, in the UFC, which is why he wanted to come over here and why he wanted to compete, you know, not just in these other organizations. He wanted to come here so that he could – do that and then rise up like he has again. You know what I mean? He took his losses. He yeah. found the guys that were just as good as him and he worked on the things he needed to work on. And now he's, you know, fighting for an interim belt and potentially fighting for the, the lightweight title. So, you know, everybody kind of comes at me. A lot of his fans come at me hating on me because I've called him out over the years and I've said some things about him. But I, I always back it up with saying anything I say about Justin or Tony 
is out of complete respect. And, you know, I recognize their skills. So, sure. you know, people, people give me shit, but it is what it is, guys. I, I want to fight the guys that are the best. And yeah. those two guys are those, those guys. Same with Connor. The same with, you know, any of these guys. Yeah. Of course I want to fight them. Yes. Of course I'm going to say things about them, guys. What do you, what do you expect us to do? If we're all in the yes. same division together, I'm not going to sit back and keep quiet. You know, otherwise I might as well just retire. Fuck that, man. You have enough friends. You could use some enemies, Paul. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're yes. Right. Yeah, you're right. That's, no, man. that's a true statement right there. Is I got a, we got enough people in our lives. You don't need, you don't need Twitter to love you. Man, Duke, Jared, uh, Bilal, you're set, man. What else you need? I did that. That's all you need. For, for hilarity, at least, that's all I need is my Rufus Sport guys and some of the guys I have in here in Philly. Between them, the text message groups that I'm in on a daily basis keep me <laughs> laughing my ass off. I'm this, I, don't, I, can, I don't need one other friend. I don't give a yeah. shit. Oh, I got my Jimmy. I got my family. Uh, let me ask you, uh, after this fight with, uh, with Tony and Justin, I am intrigued. I am intrigued with a fight between everybody talks about Tony versus Abib, and obviously I want to see that. Yeah. Everybody wants to see that. What about Justin versus Abib? Justin, yeah. who's fucking in who keeps the guy down unless he wants to be down, work and relax in his guard in a fight once I saw it, and then he gets back up when he wants. Who can keep the guy down? He's devastating with his power standing up. Endurance is is top-notch kicks. I would love to see him. If he beats Tony. That would set him up with a fight with uh, Habib. How would you see that fight going? I think I'm, that's I, I think that's even more intriguing because of the wrestling background that Justin just he uses it purely for defense, right? So I know Habib is an absolute monster when it comes to grappling, but I want to see somebody really that is, is is as good of a grappler as Habib try to take down Justin and to see if he can if he can neutralize that and keep it on his feet. That's a, that's a real bad fight for Habib. And I'm not saying to all those guys out there who are going to come at us now either. It, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying Habib can't take him down. But that intrigues me because Justin has such a solid wrestling background that we barely even get to see. Imagine if he really did tap into that. Imagine if he was taking guys down, putting them on their backs, and using that power that he has to, to ground and pound. We're only seeing a portion of what that guy's actually capable of. That's how mentally crazy and strong he is. <laughs> yeah. That he's like, nah. I'm here because I like to fight now. He's like, I wrestled back in college and high school. I don't need to do that anymore. I just want to punch people in the face and kick their legs off. Well, Connor, I mean, did better on the ground against Habib than people thought he would. He lasted longer than people. Uh, people a lot of people thought Connor was going to get tapped in the first round, and, and he wound up going into the fourth. So, I mean, I, th I thought that his defense uh, was better than people expected. Uh, yeah, I feel like he's uh, a better Habib. grappler than he gets some credit for. Yeah. You know, he's gotten caught by Diaz, and he's had some issues in the past. But if you really watch him, he swept Diaz at one point in, I think, their first or second fight. He's had some moments of, you know, he's he seems like a legit jiu-jitsu guy and, under Kavanaugh, but... Uh, Habib's just a different, a relentless animal. You know, he, a lot of guys would have given up on certain takedowns or positions on the ground. He just, he doesn't stop, right? I would have been like, all right, well, shit, I can't keep this guy on his back. I'm going to, he's going to stay up for a while. He's like, no, I'm just going to do it until I die. Yeah. And also he's shown to have uh, power in his hands. I think Habib has some heavy hands. He doesn't. He's, and he's getting not, better with it. Yeah. They're yeah. getting better. And I've said that before too, that you see he's working on his boxing. Uh, he he stood that one round with Connor, and he might have not won it, but he sh he did that to prove a point, and then was able to get the takedown in the round that he won it. So he's a smart guy, man. He's a very very yes. technical martial artist out there. He doesn't do things that are just for show. He doesn't go out there and try to appease anybody. He he implements his game plan and gets the win. And you know he's got a huge following. It's nice to see somebody that doesn't really talk a lot of trash, just defends himself and does his thing. You know, and goes out there and fights an MMA fight, and people love him. It's nice to see. Well, Paul, I, I got to be honest. We're really happy that you've changed your mind about retiring. Yes. Uh, really happy. I mean, you're a great announcer, and I like listening to you and calling fights. You're great at it. But, you know, I, I would like to see a couple more uh, Paul Felder fights. There's guys in that division. I still, I, I'll never rest until you and I acquaint the fight. I'm <laughs> st still fucking hurt about that one getting. Don't make it away. weird for me right now, please. <laughs> that's just, a, as a fan, this that's just too fucking. That's another guy that, stuff. you know, I, I, I have nothing but respect for. Al knows that, too. I've seen him on, I see him on the road uh, when, when, when we were 
functioning as an organization and this stuff wasn't going on. I, we see each other all the time. We see each other at Ring of Combat, CFFC shows. I mean, it's, you know, two East Coast guys that uh, have very similar mindsets. So yeah. I just wish I was good at selling real estate like he is. That would be sweet right now. <laughs> Once this is done, people are going to want to buy stuff. Well, it's always good talking to you, man. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm again, congratulations on the dog. And I, I hope to see you again soon, buddy. Really. Yeah, Paul. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Thanks, I'm glad, man. I'm glad I got this one in. And uh, hopefully you guys stay safe and keep their minds occupied. I know this is stressful Weird. times. Yeah. Strange times, man. We'll get through it, bro. Yep, yes, sir. we will. All right, Paul. All right, be guys. good, buddy. The great thank Paul you, guys. Felder. Take care. Take care, man. Thanks, buddy. Take care, yeah, man. Yeah, that, that really is great news. His, his decision to maybe fight again is maybe really happy because he really, he's one of those guys like Justin, you never don't want to watch him fight. His fights never suck. He's always in it until the last second. Um, and again, three out of five losses are split decisions. People bitching about the quarantine. If it wasn't for the quarantine, maybe we would not have seen Paul Felder. Fight again. That's right. All right. That's right. We got to get something good out of something horrendous. Well, look, Matt, here's some good news. Before we go, it's yes. April 27th. Yes. Um, hey, 12 days or whatever it is until the fight. So a week from this Saturday, we got fights. So we're, we got something to look forward to. I mean, we have that. We have uh, Brett Okamoto's uh, song Fight Island. Is it Fight oh. Island or Fight Island? I mean, we're going to listen to that. Uh, that should be played as we're show- closing the show. And, uh, you know, between that and my all my favorite – Musical artists are all UFC related now because we know I'm a big fan of Tyrone Woodley's <laughs> I'll Beat Your Ass and really you are. know Falling In and Out of Love. Even yeah, though I'm not love with you. Jimmy. Yeah. No, no, but here's what I want to do. I want to one day have a conversation with Mrs. Sarah and ask her what she really thinks about she's this. A, she's, not a, she's not a fan. <laughs> she's not a fan. No, because you know what it is, Jimmy? She's helping the kids in the in the in the in the dining room. They they're doing the homework online. She's getting frustrated. Three kids. She goes in there, and a dope of a husband has got the he's got the the headset on, and I'm falling in and out of love. Let's murk, Kamora Savage. That's yeah. what, and then she's like, you know, really, really, it's a lot. I'm doing common core with the kids, and you're yelling Kamora Savage, bitches. The kids are. <laughs> it's a lot. Jimmy, I like to have fun. I know you do. That's good. You should. And we had fun today. Yes, we did. And next week, we're, uh, yeah, by the time we talk again, it's only two days from now, but we're getting closer, eking closer to the fights. Thank you to uh, Yarzinho Rosenstrike and, of course, the great Paul Felder, who fucking, if you don't like Paul Felder, I can see if you fought Paul Felder and you don't like him. I get why you don't like him. But if you've never fought Paul Felder and you don't like him, you're just basically a dick because uh, he's he's great. Dude, listen, he's, he's a good guy. I, and, uh, his dog looks awesome. He's a yeah. family man. And he's as tough as they come. Yeah. All those guys we were talking about uh, with Tony versus Habib and Tony versus Justin, Justin versus Habib. Felder. I'd like to see Paul Felder fight any one of them. Any Connor. I should have maybe else. said that when we were on air with him to make him, but I, I think he, you know, whatever. I'll say it now. I thought of that. Like, I literally, as Paul yeah. was talking, there's nobody in that division. Again, I say I acquainted just because they're both such tough oh, guys yeah. that don't quit. Yes. But there's also Connor, of course. There's also Justin Gaethje against Felder. It would be a fucking amazing fight. I mean, who doesn't want to see Gaethje fight Paul Felder? Just two guys that don't stop. Um, well, every guy we just mentioned, you could just match each one of them up, and everyone, every fight will be phenomenal. And we will talk more on uh, Wednesday, Matt, about these fights. I, I don't even want to go through how excited I am about this card. I mean, literally, I, I, I looked at, at the uh, – what, what is the uh, the prelims? The prelims are better than some uh, uh, main event card. Fucking Aunt Pettis and Cowboys are prelim. Let's talk about it on Wednesday. We have a whole lot of ground to cover. Oh, buddy, Ray Hall. I know, dude. It's amazing. He's on the prelims. I'm looking at it now, Jimmy. I cannot. Oh, dude, I can, Verdum. I know. Fabricio Verdum against uh, Olenek. Yeah. I feel like they fought before. Did they fight before? I want to say you're right. Hold on. I'll tell you in a second. I'm going to that at you at the end. But the no, fans... no, 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 no. I don't have to try to seem smart. I can literally look it up. That's what analysts do, and that's oh, what they, Jimmy. Uh, they may have fought before. Let Jimmy, me take a look. I'm, uh, Sam Alvey is in the early prelims. And he's in the, he's the, is he the first fight of the night? 
The Sinte Lu game, which Nico Price They have not obviously. fought before. Dude, this is an amazing. Dude. They have not this, fought. It's really an amazing. They have not fought, and they're both uh, heavy grappling based fighters. Which yeah, that's is, a good, interesting fight. Dude, there's so many good fights on this card. I cannot wait, Jimmy. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon, Matt. Thank you again to Paul and uh, Yorzino, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Welcome in a couple of days. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, Unfiltered Army. We really got to come up with an official goodbye of something. All right. How about this? I'm Jim. I'm Matt. Want to do that one again? How about this? You yeah. say, uh, I'm Jim. You want me to say, I'm Jim? I'm Jim. But would you... <laughs> say it again. Say it again. I'm Jim. I'm Matt. And together we'll go, and we're unfiltered. Let's do it right now. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm Jim. Go. I'm Matt. And, and we're... No, we said it together. Up. Together, you're oh, right. Ready? Take three. I'm Jim. I'm Matt. And I'm together... <laughs> what? I'm Jim. I'm Matt. And together we're unfiltered. Ah, oh, it's awesome. It's we just awesome. lost everybody. <laughs>